President Biden's approval numbers have hit a record low. Now, let's figure this out. Why would that be? Perhaps because the border is a complete mess, or maybe it's the Afghanistan debacle. Maybe because inflation is out of control. Maybe because uh, Washington is completely dysfunctional right now. I mean, there are just like so many different choices. I cannot figure out, pin down why it is. Maybe it's because Biden needs to check his notes every time they ask him a simple question. Every time they ask him what time it is, he needs to go to his notes. I mean, there's just so many different options over here about why Biden's approval numbers are taking. We'll take tell you all the details coming up. The uh, cable news ratings are in for the month of September, and no surprise, CNN's numbers are abysmal. CNN's ratings for the month of September are just completely abysmal. President Trump always said, he said that the best thing that ever happened to CNN was him becoming president, that he was the best thing that ever happened to CNN. You saw it. All the cable news stations, including MSNBC and CNN, the two liberal mainstream media channels, they all spiked after Trump became president, and now they are all headed downhill, but not nearly as bad as CNN. All right, bombshell story, the Facebook whistleblower. The Facebook whistleblower, it turns out, has deep ties within the Democrat Party. She's essentially a Democrat operative. Uh, why am I not surprised by that? So all the details coming up. We have an exciting announcement. Um, the show, our show, is now very proud to be hosted on the VIN News Podcast Network. Yes, I'm sure you're familiar with VIN News. VIN News is one of the great news websites on the planet. And we are really thrilled to be joining the VIN News Podcast Network. So look for that. Uh, send us an email, of course, josh at joshmshow.com, josh, J-O-S-H, at joshmshow.com. We do read every email. I do try to respond to a lot of the emails, some of them personally, most of them personally, and uh, I can't guarantee that I'll respond, but eventually we try to get to them all, so please reach out. All right, so Biden's approval numbers have hit a record low. These are literally his lowest numbers since he took office, and we're going to continue this downward trend, in my opinion. The public, listen to this, the public, this is a Quinnipiac University poll. So this is not one of these like right-wing polls. In fact, this is generally tends to be biased to the left. The public no longer feels that Biden's team is competent, honest, or has good leadership. Now, why am I not surprised? The only surprise here is that it took this long for people to figure it out. And there's always going to be like 30-something percent. I mean, the lowest, lowest it could hit is like in the 30s. And how is it that 30 percent of the country is going to approve of Biden's job performance? But here's the here are the numbers. 38 percent um, is, is his job approval number. So 38 percent approve, 53 percent, a, a staggering 53 percent of the country disapprove of Biden's job performance. And this is a pattern because according to a recent Gallup poll, they had Biden at 43%. So Biden's numbers are spiraling out of control and he's losing independence big time. And this is the real, you know, this is a huge litmus test, a huge factor with, with any president is what are the independents thinking? Because they're, of course, the swing voters. So by nearly two to one, independent voters disapprove of Biden in this new poll. It's 60% to 32%. So those are really devastating numbers, catastrophic for Biden, that only he has only a 32% approval from independent voters, 60% disapproval. That is staggering numbers. And uh, the public has lost faith in Biden's abilities. Uh, who had faith in – how could you have faith in Biden's abilities after seeing him campaign? Yeah, but uh, here, here, here are the details. More than half the, the, the people polled, more than half of respondents said 
that Biden is not competent in running the government. 55%. 50% said Biden is not honest. Well, he keeps getting all these Pinocchios from the Washington Post, who generally loves Democrat presidents. 40, and he, he told multiple lies on, on Afghanistan and on other issues, which the mainstream media has called him out on. 41% uh, of respondents uh, said he has good leadership. 56% say Biden does not have, quote, good leadership. So 56%. Don't have faith in his leadership. What those 41% are thinking, I have no idea. 55% disapprove of his handling of the economy. 58% disapprove of his job as commander-in-chief. And you know that uh, Afghanistan is very much a part of that. And 67% of respondents said that Biden is is wrong on immigration and border issues. And obviously that's a big deal because that that story is seeping out. 67% of voters disapprove of Biden. So basically every issue, you just go down the line, every issue, the question is, how bad is it? But the numbers are dreadful and 67% on the border. That's because the mainstream media has really – and I don't know why. I don't know what their agenda is, but they have exposed Biden's monumental failure on the border. All right, the Facebook whistleblower. This is unbelievable. Her ties to – and I want to explain something. I'm not a fan of Facebook. I'm not a fan of Facebook at all. But the only thing I like less – in fact, Facebook is a disaster. Facebook helped Trump lose the presidency. Clearly, they censored out all sorts of conservatives and all sorts of conservative stories and pro-Trump stories and anti-Biden stories. Facebook censored the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. And now we have confirmation. Finally, uh, the, the government, the DOJ, has confirmed that the laptop, it's like months and months later, now that it's safe, that Biden's been elected, they confirmed that the laptop was authentic. Remember, they were telling us it was Russian disinformation. So unbelievable how they censored, literally censored that story out, covered up that story so that Biden could get elected. And, and, you know, and it turns out like Hunter Biden, I mean, just scandal after scandal that Facebook and social media and the media hid from the public. But I'm not a fan of Facebook, but but I'm even less a fan of censorship. And that's what this whistleblower, this whistleblower wants to censor Facebook. That's what this is about. If you censor Facebook, trust me, what's going to happen is we know what's going to happen. The government is going to censor out all the conservatives, which Facebook's already doing, by the way, but evidently not enough for the Democrats. So they want it to go even further. So censorship, this whistleblower is, you know, would be would be a nightmare uh, if she gets her way. And that's why the Democrats, you know, have just been prancing her around. This is Frances Haugen, Frances Haugen or Frances Haugen. She literally hired the PR firm that Jen Psaki used to work for. Jen Psaki, of course, Biden's press secretary. They worked for President Obama as well. And this whistleblower, Frances Haugen, she was part of the team on Facebook when she worked there that censored the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. She was one of the people who censored the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. So this tells you everything you need to know. But she doesn't have an agenda, right? I mean, she literally uh, has hired. Why is she hiring a PR firm? Why does a whistleblower, a whistleblower supposedly is out for justice, right? She's trying to right the wrong. She's exposing Facebook's what she considers malpractice. What do you need a PR firm? You don't need a PR firm to do that. So, you know, it's very clear here what what the real story is, is that she's a Democrat operative. She hired Bryson Gillette, the PR firm that Jen Psaki used to work for before she worked for Biden. They literally did work for Obama. And by the way, she has donated multiple times to numerous Democrats, Democrat politicians, including Ocasio-Cortez. So she's literally a donor to Ocasio-Cortez. She is using the same PR firm, that Bryson Gillette, that, that Obama used, that Jen Psaki worked for, and she was part of the team at Facebook that censored the Hunter Biden laptop story, so that story couldn't get out to the public. So here's the thing. If the government, again, this is not about Facebook, okay? Facebook 
Twitter, social media, YouTube, Instagram. They are censoring conservatives left and right. But the last thing we want is we want the government to be involved because all that's going to do is make it even worse. There needs to be freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is crucial. Now, you're going to say, look who's in charge here. Social media companies are in charge. I understand. This is like pick your poison over here because Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they are censoring conservatives left and right. If the government gets involved, the government says we're going to make it fair, it's actually going to be less fair. So if somebody has a better solution, let me know. But what tells you everything you need to know, this whistleblower is clearly a Democrat operative. And what is she doing? She's pushing for Facebook to be censored. Essentially, she testified to Congress that Facebook is is knowingly, is intentionally harming kids. They're harming kids. They're not putting safeguards in place. They spread information that leads to violence. Uh, she said that Facebook is dangerous and puts profits ahead of public safety. Look, on some level, is that true? Corporations in general put profits first. That's what corporations do. However, usually those things go hand in hand. You know, if it turns out that a corporation is really dangerous, and I'm not defending Facebook at all. I, I have been extremely critical of Facebook. But uh, the, how the fact remains that, you know, it generally the system works. You've got to let companies uh, run for profit. You've got to let companies use profit as a motivator. Again, not defending Facebook over here. But the second they start cracking down, they're going to start cracking down on companies all over the place. They're going to start cracking down. They'll use it as an excuse to crack down on a lot of conservative companies. Imagine if they crack down on my pillow, uh, you know, and, and, and they say that uh, the, the, the head of my pillow, who's an outspoken conservative, Mike Lindell. I mean, it, it could just, it's an end, it opens up once the government gets involved and you have government regulations, everything just turns just terrible because the, gov- the, the, the government is the last people I want involved in any of this. All right. Now, um, the cable news ratings are in, as I said, uh, for for the vast majority of September. These numbers are staggering. I, I don't know what's worse here, the Biden numbers or the CNN numbers, but CNN – most of September could not reach 1 million viewers. 1 million viewers. Fox is getting like 4 or 5 million viewers, maybe 3 million viewers at this point because uh, the numbers are down a bit since the election coverage, of course. CNN, for the vast majority of September, could not reach 1 million viewers. You cannot make this up. CNN was down 41% compared to last September because you got to compare it month to month. They were down 41%. Now, I understand that there's no election cycle. So, obviously, there's going to be a dip. There's always going to be a dip. 2020 was an election year. 2021 is not. There's a dip, but a 41% dip. That's unheard of. So CNN, this pitiful September, um, 23 out of 30 days in CNN, uh, they could not reach 1 million viewers. So se- according to Nielsen ratings, 77% of the time CNN could not reach 1 million viewers. L- last September, um, CNN averaged 950,000 total day viewers. This this September, it was 557,000, a staggering 41% drop in the ratings. And, and again, this is about Trump. Yes, there's got to be a dip from last year to this year, but it's almost cut in half, and CNN cannot reach a million viewers. A million viewers is like that, – that is a minimal standard, minimal bar you know, for any cable news network, and CNN – they they, they they couldn't do it for almost every day, for 23 out of 30 days in September. Now, it's because of Trump. Now, you'll say, what do you mean, Trump? What does Trump have to do? Because Trump gets ratings. Trump is a lightning rod. CNN, if you looked at them for four years when Trump was president, like the headlines across their homepage, Trump, 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 Trump. You'd have like Trump mentioned like four or five times on their homepage because whether you love him or hate him, he's a ratings magnet. And so – and he always said this. He said, I'm the best thing that happened to you guys. You guys are going to be sorry when I'm gone. All right, so Mitch McConnell has caved in to Biden and the Democrats on the debt ceiling. They're trying to fudge and make it seem like they have not caved. I'm disappointed, but the Republicans have caved 
into the Democrats. They're saying it's only a short-term deal, but the bottom line is McConnell and the Republicans, and it's not official, it's not finalized, but they are working on a compromise deal to raise the debt ceiling. And I'm very, very – I'm not surprised because this is what happens. The Democrats always blame the, the Republicans and the media always they, – they, they're in lockstep. The media acts like a PR machine for the Democrats and the media. You know, they, they're the mouthpiece and they say the Republicans are the reason that the country is going to default. They're not agreeing to raise the debt ceiling. And um, and, and the Republicans – remember John Boehner? It happened with Obama. They, they avert government shutdowns. Basically, the media always makes the Republicans like the e- big evil monster who wants to shut the country down and wants to default and wants to bankrupt the country when it's so – it's the opposite. I mean it's, it's gaslighting. It's the, de- the Democrats are the ones who, who bankrupt the country and the Democrats are the ones who cause all the damage. I mean look, there are some Republicans out there that I'm not a big, fans of, a big fan of. But the point is that McConnell should have just done what he said he was going to do, which is I'm, we're staying out of it. The Democrats want to govern. Let them govern. They're doing everything themselves. They're not including us. They're not cooperating. Everything is being done in a partisan way, so we'll stay out of it. And the media basically went haywire and said, oh, McConnell, the Republicans, they're going to cause a default. We're going to default. The country is going to default. That's going to kill our credit rating. It's going to be a disaster. And it's like the country is not – I try to explain this. The country is not going to default. The country has never defaulted. The United States will never default. They will figure it out. Well, but how? Don't they need 60 votes in the Senate? No, they don't. There's reconciliation. The, the Democrats are passing all sorts of things in the Senate with 50 votes, do, with using reconciliation. You know, it's a lot of technical mumbo-jumbo. I won't get into the, the details, but they, they have a way to circumvent the filibuster when they need to. So McConnell basically said, listen, we're not getting involved in raising the debt ceiling. You want to raise the debt ceiling, do it on your own, just like you're doing virtually everything else on your own. And the Democrats kept blaming McConnell and saying, you're not going to help us raise the debt ceiling. We need the money. We're going to default. Now, number one, we should not raise the debt ceiling. We should cut spending. The Republicans should insist on cutting spending. And we're going to get into a little bit more about this later on. You have Janet Yellen saying that we should abolish the debt ceiling. I mean, are you kidding me? The debt ceiling, it's like the only thing that we, you know, could really, we really have left. The only thing that keeps the country somewhat in check because spending is out of control. And you just, they just raise it and raise it. It's like they're their own credit card. It's like, imagine if you could control your credit card limit and just, well, I want to borrow more. Well, I want to borrow more. And instead of getting permission from the credit card and them authorizing a higher balance, you just get to just flip a switch and, all right, now I get to use my credit card for $1 million, $2 million. Well, when, with the country, it's actually close to $30 trillion. So, so McConnell, again, he, this is what happens. Republicans, they get intimidated. They get blamed. He's the reason we're defaulting. And it's like what, they're the minority party. How can they be the reason you're defaulting? And McConnell wrote a letter to Biden and said, listen, you know, uh, this happened many times in the past. Biden once as senator – he actually did not support raising the debt ceiling. He said, listen, I think we should borrow, but I think the Republicans should do it because they're in charge. It's exactly what McConnell was doing. And that's what happened. The Republicans passed it on their own back in the early 2000s. So McConnell basically said, Every, you guys are doing everything on your own. You're not including us. By the way, this happens. Every, this whole debt ceiling thing is just a sham. I just want to point out the country's never going to default. They always raise the debt ceiling. But it's always like whichever party's in power, they, they reach out to the other party and then they blame the other party. And then the other party says, well, you know, I want you to give us some things. I want you to give us they, – they basically leverage it into getting things that they want. So it's like they cut deals where, all right, you want us to raise the debt ceiling, fine, but we want to pass X, Y, Z. The Republicans here didn't even do that. But the whole thing, it's just a sham. It's like Washington, each 
party changes position depending on whether they're in power or not. You see this every time. When the Republicans were in control, it was like, well, the Democrats refused to raise the debt ceiling, and they were trying to pin it on the Democrats. The problem is they don't have the media helping them along. Anyways, long story short, McConnell has caved in, at least until December. He's saying, we're going to buy some time. We're going to delay it until September. We're going to raise the debt ceiling, and then uh, temporarily, and then uh, in December, we'll have to go through all of this again. And uh, like I said, McConnell, because he doesn't want to get blamed because of default, which is not going to happen, but the media scares everybody into thinking that it's going to happen, and McConnell ends up looking bad. That's what he's nervous about. All right, so the the Biden spending package, according to a new estimate, this is unreal. You cannot make this up. The the the, the $3.5 trillion spending package, which is in danger of failing, thankfully. It's not dangerous. It's dangerous. It's in danger of, of passing, but right now it doesn't look good. So that's a good thing. But either way, if it does pass, it's going to give $80 billion in child tax credits to illegals. And I do think they're going – whatever version of this ends up passing, it's going to have child tax credits, an extension of that. So because uh, Democrats – that's a big – that's a big uh, one of you know Biden's things is the uh, – is extending the child tax credit. And uh, it's going to give $80 billion to illegals. The, the Biden spending bill – is going to hand $80 billion in child tax credits to illegals who don't pay taxes, by the way. And, uh, you know, they call it the child tax credit. It's not a tax credit because even families that don't pay taxes get it. So, you know, they, they name it that because they want to make it seem like they're giving people money back. They're not. It's redistribution of wealth. But according to a new estimate by the Center for Immigration Studies, um, the plan would, over 10 years, provide $80 billion in child tax credits, which would be a, obviously a massive cost to you and me, to the American taxpayer, because we're paying. We're paying the illegals this child tax credit. The plan would make the one-year child tax credit program permanent or make it extended for a bunch of years and give billions of dollars to illegals. And the illegals don't have to work. They don't. Have to, so, so Biden is taking our tax dollars in this bill, according to the Center for Immigration Studies, and handing it, putting it in the pockets of illegals. It, it's just outrageous. I mean, it's, it's unconscionable. All right, new numbers, very grim numbers here that I want to mention on COVID. It's important. This is according to new data from Johns Hopkins University. Um, more Americans have died this year from from the coronavirus, from COVID-19, than died last year in 2020 from the coronavirus, from COVID. And that's important for obvious reasons. But according to Johns Hopkins, more Americans have died now since January 1st through October 7th. More Americans have died of COVID than uh, the total number that died back in 2020. And look, some of these were under Trump because Trump was president for the first three weeks. And, and you know, the numbers at that point, you know, were pretty high. But uh, and look, I want to preface by saying, as everybody knows, I, I, this is an uncomfortable topic. I, I don't like getting into medical and health issues. I feel that even I don't want to diminish in any way the, the sensitivity to human life. Every single life is precious. One life lost to covid is a tra- is an unspeakable tragedy, and the numbers here. You know, you start talking numbers, and it, it only it only diminishes in a way because, like, we can't wrap our head around the numbers. I mean, one person who perishes due to COVID, who passes away due to COVID, is an unspeakable tragedy, and I want to make that very, very clear. And then we start talking about numbers like this, and it really is just hard to fathom and hard to to process. But this is so important because Biden's record has been a disaster on COVID, despite having. A vaccine. Despite having a vaccine, Biden has been a total disaster on COVID and the media is not calling him out on it. And a lot of conservatives said they said that um, they, 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 they said when, when Trump was president, remember, and COVID was in the headlines all the time and Trump got got blamed for COVID. 
you know, even though it, he was completely, completely surprised by it, obviously by a pandemic like the rest of us. And, you know, nobody was prepared for it. But 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 Trump got crushed by the media. And so many people said, look, when Biden's president, the media is going to ignore the story. They're not ignoring the story, but they're not hammering away at Biden nearly as much. I mean, there, there are some in the media who are giving Biden a tough time. But for the most part, they're giving him a pass uh, com- as compared to Trump. Who, like they made it out as though like Trump were the one who invented the thing, which Fauci, by the way, invented it. Or Fauci's funding was 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 uh, certainly heavily involved. That's a story for a different day. Literally, literally, fu- literally, Fauci was handing over money to China. And uh, that w- was is what brought about this this virus, this pandemic. But putting that aside, uh, so Biden, as I always say, he's had no COVID policy. He promised all sorts of incredible COVID policies. The only policy is get people vaccinated. The vaccine was Trump's vaccine. Trump gets no credit. I mean, how, how many millions of lives has Trump potentially saved? And by the way, the country is reopened. I mean, you have sporting events going on now. They're packed. All of that is because of the vaccine, because of Trump. Trump pushed it through at, in record time, Operation Warp Speed. He gets no credit for that. And without the vaccine, Biden would be even more of a disaster than he is, and it's pretty bad. So I want to make that clear. Biden, he has no COVID policies except get vaccinated. Well, that, that's amazing because Trump didn't even have a vaccine, and yet Trump got blamed. Think about that. Trump did not have a vaccine. You know, Biden's Biden's like whole COVID strategy now is, well, let's blame the people who are not vaccinated. Well, Trump didn't get to blame the people who are not vaccinated, and Trump, there, was no, there wasn't even a vaccine, and then you managed to blame Trump. And yet you don't blame Biden. Now there is a vaccine. Biden can't figure out a way to get the whole country vaccinated. I'm not saying that he should. I'm not saying he should force people to vaccinate, obviously. But my point is you can't – it makes no sense to blame Trump when Trump didn't even have a vaccine because he didn't do enough to prevent the spread of COVID. But somehow Biden is doing enough. Let's blame the people who are not getting the vaccine. Well, why can't Biden figure something out without the vaccine the way they expected Trump to figure something out? It, it, it's so hypocritical. It's so incon- disingenuous and inconsistent. Anyway, here are the numbers. Um, this year, more than 353,000 COVID-19 deaths. Rahman al-Islam compared to 352,000 COVID-19 deaths in the first 10 months of the, the pandemic, according to ABC News. Over the last month, there have been more than 47,000 deaths. So as I said, some of them have taken place. But the point is Biden has had has has been responsible. And I'm saying that because they blame Trump. I don't – you know, if, if one's responsible, the other is. But the, under Biden's watch, let's put it that way – there have been almost as many deaths as under Trump. Oh, not quite as many, but almost as many deaths under Trump and under Biden. And Biden has the vaccine. Trump did not. And yet the media, you know, for the most part, I understand they're reporting it, but they are not focusing on it at all. Um, a daily coronavirus death tracker from the free Washington Free Beacon indicates more than 293,000 deaths happened on Biden's watch. And yet he doesn't get the blame. It really, really is outrageous. And on the campaign trail, Biden kept promising that he had a plan on COVID. There's no plan on COVID. His only plan on COVID is, you know, try to get people vaccinated and blame people who are not vaccinated. He has not put into name a single policy that Biden put into place after all those months blaming Trump. Here's some quotes here, Biden on the campaign trail. Um, October 15th of last year, we're eight months into this pandemic. Donald Trump still doesn't have a plan to get this virus under control. I do. So Biden said he had a plan. What was his plan? There was no there was, the vaccine had not been released. And, 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 and when it did, it was Trump's uh, October 27th. If you give me the honor of serving as president, I won't waste any time getting this virus under control and building our nation back better. October 30th. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. Well, he didn't shut down the virus. No, it's very easy to say when he was campaigning and uh November, I lost the numbers here, so give me a second. November 1st, Biden said more than 230,000 Americans have died of COVID. Donald Trump has given up on trying to get the virus under control. He may have quit on you, but I promise that I never will. 
So, so Biden really just blamed Trump again and again because of 230,000 deaths at that point. And yet Biden now has had far more than that. So, again, it's just an incredible double standard. And um, and Biden kept promising to unite the country. And now he's blaming the unvaccinated and people who are unvaccinated. They're scared. A lot of people who are not vaccinated, they're scared of a vaccine you know, that has undergone far less research than uh, any uh, clinical trials than any other vaccine. So it's, it's as simple as that. Speaking of Biden, Biden was asked a question by a reporter about Ethiopia, and Biden said he wouldn't answer. He refused to answer. Biden often refuses to answer questions. He said he didn't want to confuse the American people. You cannot make this stuff up. Biden on Monday delivered remarks about the debt ceiling. That is the big fight now going on, one of the big fights. We will get to that. And after he got through his prepared comments, Biden was asked a question. So listen to this. What is more important, uh, that position that Senator Schumer has or raising the debt ceiling? And then I also have a question for you on Ethiopia. Uh, I'm going to answer one. I'm not going to answer Ethiopia. Let's stick on the debt so we don't confuse the American people. I don't want to confuse the American people. Well, Biden, thank you, Mr. President, for being so worried about the American people. I don't, I think we can manage a question about Ethiopia while you're in the middle of discussing the debt ceiling. I think that we can, you know, keep up if you decide to shift gears and talk about Ethiopia. We're not exactly talking about advanced calculus here. Biden did not specify, see, which American people is Biden worried won't be able to follow? Oh, you know, we're going to jump here from the debt to Ethiopia. Isn't that confusing? Well, maybe it's confusing for some people, if you know what I mean. All right, so speaking of the spending package, right, the $3.5 trillion spending package, the bankrupt your children bill or the build back better or whatever. So the Washington Post fact check actually gave Biden two Pinocchios. Biden keeps... Uh, spreading this lie. And a lot of Democrats, Pelosi and others, they keep lying and saying that it's going to be zero cost. It's going to cost zero dollars. The package will cost no money, which which is it's a lie on so many levels. It's a lie because if you decide to raise trillions of dollars in taxes and that manages to cover the cost, which it won't here, as we'll explain. But even if it does, that's not called zero dollars. If like you're about to spend like a thousand dollars on some spending binge and you, you manage to get a bunch of people to give you you're like go around panhandling and manage to get a thousand dollars. You don't say, well, it didn't cost me any money. It cost money. You just managed to figure out how to get the money from somebody else's pocket. But they gave Biden two Pinocchios, the Washington Post, because they say he's never going to be able to cover the cost. This is the thing is the Democrats, both sides probably, but we're talking about the Democrats now. They use all sorts of tricks, all sorts of, all sorts of sneaky shenanigans in order to hide the true cost of these bills to pretend that they're actually going to manage to cover the cost. So for example, the child tax credit, they're only extending it till the year 2025. This $3,600 a year tax credit, child tax credit, which is not even a tax credit because people get it even if they don't pay any taxes. But it, it, you think it's ever going to go till 2025 and then just expire? That is not going to happen. They always end up extending it. As Reagan said, any sort of entitlement, any sort of government spending program is guaranteed to never die. So they're only ex- officially extending it till 2025. Then they'll fight it out at that point. And meanwhile, that cuts the cost because they do these things in 10-year increments. So it makes it look like it's only half the price. That's a massive cost. The Medicare expansion part of the bill, it only begins in the year 2028. So that's going to cost trillions and trillions of dollars, Medicare expansion, dan- dental and vision, et cetera. 
but it's only going to be starting in 2028, so it's only going to be a couple of years that it's included in this bill. But then once it starts, it's never going to end. So this is these are the kinds of tricks they use to hide the true cost of the bill. And that's why the Washington Post, the Washington Post, who they're not exactly conservative, they're not exactly uh, pro cutting taxes and cutting spending. And yet, you know, the Washington Post, not to mention you have to read that. They say they may go up. The, I, I don't remember seeing this in the past. I'm sure they've done it. The Washington Post says minimum two Pinocchios for Joe Biden, and it may even go higher if the, if the bill turns out to, to have more costly items that we're not seeing currently because you have to go through thousands and thousands of pages in this bill, which, of course, nobody's doing. Even the people voting on the bill, they're certainly never going to read this bill. Senator Kirsten Cinema of Arizona She's been viciously attacked, accosted by radicals on the left, on the far left, because she doesn't support their socialist bill, their Green New Deal light bill, the human infrastructure bill, whatever you want to call it, Build Back Better, Bankrupt the Kids bill. They're stalking her. They're videotaping her. They're following uh, cinema into a public bathroom with a camera. Um, and Biden was asked about this. And, and Biden said, oh, well, this is, you know, if you're in Washington and you don't have the Secret Service, this is just business as usual. This is just how it goes. Uh, listen to this clip. President, uh, you're talking about how you have 48 Democratic votes right now. The other two uh, have been pressured over the weekend by activists. Joe Manchin had people on kayaks show up to his boat. P.L. Adams, Senator Sinema last night was chased into a restroom. Do you think that those tactics are crossing a line? I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody from... The, the only people it doesn't happen to are people who have Secret Service standing around them. Um, so uh, it's, it's it's part of the process. Yes, sir. Well, it happens to everybody. It's part of the process. It's business as usual. This is what Biden says. You have these radicals. We're going to read you in a moment what they did here. You have these real lunatics on the far left accosting these people because – that nothing personal, nothing, nothing that they did on a personal level. They don't like the fact that Cinema and Mansion are fiscally responsible and don't want to tax the, the, um, the corporations into oblivion and spend trillions and trillions of dollars in mortgage the future. I mean, is that such an egregious position? Oh, that's just business as usual. I mean, it happens to every. If you don't have Secret Service agents, it's going to happen. Well, it doesn't happen to everybody. Didn't you know? When did it happen to Biden? I don't remember it happening to Biden. I mean, yeah, you know, he was uh, harassed a little on the campaign trail. He was running for president, but like, come on here and and just imagine if it were. I'm consistent because if Trump supporters did this to anybody, to moderate Republicans, to Democrats, even to Liz Cheney, and I'm no fan of Liz Cheney. I would call them out on it. I did call them out in the past. You have no right. Now, you have a right to protest. Nobody's talking about their right to protest. You know, their right to gather in a peaceful way, as the Constitution allows, obviously. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, doing really, really, really disgraceful things. You're chasing them all around and yelling at them and making their lives miserable. And, and no, I'm sorry, that's inexcusable. And if it were – imagine, if, if it were far-right Trump supporters, imagine if, like – People on the far right, white supremacists or what have you, imagine if they were chasing around and harassing Schumer or Pelosi. I mean, of course I would be criticizing and condemning them. I'm, I'm, I'm consistent here on both sides. But with Biden, I mean, if it were Trump supporters against Democrats, I mean, you know that Biden would be absolutely furious once they, you know, kind of they'd have to explain to him, like, kind of what's going on and, you know, like show it to him and just to get, get, get him up to speed. But, uh, you know, they're just totally, totally uh, inconsistent. So at Ronald Reagan Airport, um, in Washington, D.C., 
uh, activist shouted questions at Senator Sinema while she was literally trying to have a phone call. And they said, you know, can you explain to the American people, you know, what you're planning on cutting from Biden's Build Back Better plan? Do you want to cut climate priorities? Is it elder care that you want to cut? Is it child care? And by the way, I want to point, I want to interject here. Um, you know, there were activists at Chuck Schumer's house at one point. It was actually Democrats. It was actually Democrat immigrants, I believe legal immigrants who came to the country legally who were upset that Schumer was being so lenient on the border and refusing to actually cut a deal. This was years ago when, when Trump was president. And uh, Trump, of course, had to handle the border himself because Schumer Pelosi refused to work at any sort of compromise with Trump, any work on any sort of border deal. And uh, you had actually Hispanic immigrants who they were the ones protesting because they understood how, you know, how disastrous uh, the Democrat climate policy was. And I had no problem with that. They were they were demonstrating outside of house. It was at his house. It was peaceful demonstration. They were not harassing him and uh, just personally attacking him and stalking him. So uh, there was a flight where Senator Sinema actually got on a plane and a, a young lady came up to her seat to confront her about supporting DACA. Uh, you know, they actually followed her into the bathroom while grilling her with questions, a public bathroom. And, uh, you know, as I said, it's just it's just totally, totally inappropriate. Biden was asked and Biden says, look, it happens to everybody. I mean, it's part of the process. All right. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, she not only wants to raise the debt ceiling, but she says, Abolish the debt ceiling. Yes, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, says the debt ceiling, it's harmful. Abolish the debt ceiling. I mean, it's amazing. It's like the, the, the left has gone. They're just so out of whack. I mean, they, everything that's good and normal, they want to literally abolish. It's not, it's not enough that they don't support it. I mean, they want to abolish. They want to defund the police. They want to abolish ICE. They want to abolish the debt ceiling. Like you're talking about, these are the only things that keep society functional. These are the only things that prevent literally anarchy and like the democrats they openly admit that they want to uh, eliminate these things it, it, it's just they've gone to it's madness they've gone totally insane so she here's what she said she said the debt limit is destructive and essentially her argument is it puts us in danger of defaulting and it gives one party a lot of leverage to hold up the debt ceiling argument and basically say listen give us a lot of stuff or else we're not going to help you raise the debt ceiling. So what's her alternative? Oh, so she says, well, just borrow as much as we want, zero oversight, just borrow, borrow, borrow into oblivion. I mean, because the debt ceiling fight, it's very destructive because it actually prevents us from just spending as much money as we want and borrowing as much money as we want and getting into debt up to our eyeballs. Like, what is the, what is the argument here? What could possibly be the argument? Give me a credit card Without any limit, let me just keep borrowing, let me buy a yacht, and let me buy a $20 million mansion, and let me just fly around in a private jet and give me a credit card. Why on earth? It's so destructive that you take away my credit card and that you give me a credit limit, and don't just let me borrow and spend literally until I'm drowning in debt. I mean, it's just, it's insane. A volume of the Treasury Secretary saying abolish the debt limit. I mean, the debt limit is the only thing that prevents these these spending addicts in Washington, both on both sides of the aisle, from just spending us into oblivion like there's no tomorrow and totally, totally wrecking any chance of a future and bankrupting our children and grandchildren here. Not, not even our bankrupting us. Forget the children and grandchildren. So like, she, well, she's here's a yelling. She said, well, Congress decides how much to spend. So the debt ceiling is irrelevant because it's Congress deciding. Once they decide they're going to spend it, then of course, 
you know, you're going to borrow the money. So, like, what's the what's the point of the debt ceiling? It's up to. I, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, do you not get it? Like, it's like it's like the alcoholic. You know, yeah, I've had 17 beers, and yeah, they're taking me to the hospital here because I'm I'm, I'm unconscious at this point. But like, give, please give me another beer. Give me another beer. Like, I mean, and by the way, you know, the idea is, you know, the, the, this notion is like, well, why are we in danger of defaulting? Well, because there's a debt ceiling. If there were no debt ceiling then we wouldn't be in danger of default and they wouldn't lower our credit rating. The reason that the country is defaulting and the reason that the country is in danger of having its credit rating lowered is not because of the debt ceiling. The debt ceiling is the only thing saving the country. See how twisted it is, how backward it is? The, the, the reason is all the spending. The spe- If you don't want to default, then stop borrowing and stop spending. You know, here, here's, a, here's the liberal mindset. The liberal mindset is... You know what? Let's just keep spending money and, oh, wait a second. What if we default? Oh, no. Hello. We just need to keep keep borrowing money. Just get rid of the debt ceiling and we can just keep borrowing, keep printing money, keep borrowing, and we're fine. We won't default. Like, So you know how you, pre- how you prevent default? Oh, well, don't make any limit on how much we can borrow. It's, 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 it's madness. No. I mean, it's, it's literally an addiction. The entire Washington, D.C. is just one big group of, of alcoholics. And like Janet Yellen has no problem with me. She's supposed to be like... Uh, some kind of economics person saying the debt ceiling is destructive. Let's abolish it. All right. So Senator Bernie Sanders, speaking of madness, speaking of crazy, Senator Bernie Sanders, he says three and a half trillion dollars. That's not enough. He, he actually says, see, this is the, this is the amazing thing is, you know, most Democrats are thinking it, but Bernie Sanders and Ocasio, they say it. So like they go on record. So, uh, 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 you know, our worst nightmares, you know, we actually have, um, Leaders, leaders, because they are leaders. They're totally, totally hijacking the party. And, uh, you know, leaders like Sanders and Ocasio openly admitting, you know, how socialist their ambitions really are and everybody else just like following along. So they're not shy about it. So Bernie Sanders, and this is how far gone all that, all of them are. I mean, Yellen saying abolish the debt ceiling, the debt ceiling is destructive. I, like, it's like they're drinking their own Kool-Aid for so many years that they don't even hear themselves. Now, Bernie Sanders says, you know, six trillion would not have been enough. His initial proposal was six trillion for this spending package. He compromised. They brought him all the way down to three and a half trillion. He says, you know what? Six trillion would not have been enough. Um, and he says that the polls show that the American people support this bill. I do not like when Sanders say he makes this point again and again. Look at the polls, 60 percent, 70 percent. It's not true. They ask people the following. They'll say to them, do you want Medicare to include dental and vision benefits for free? You know, do you want like free health care for everybody in the country? They'll ask it that way. And what are people going to say? They say, yes, of course I want free. Do you want free stuff? You know, somebody stops you in the street. Do you want a free dinner tonight? Um, no, I don't. Of course you want a free dinner tonight. You know, here, do you want a free new car? What are you going to say? No, I don't. Because what if they say, well, do you want a free new car? By the way, we're going to, we're going to pay you, we're going to make you pay $30,000 for it, but it's free. Uh, So how are you making me pay? Because, well, don't worry about that. You know, or do you want a free car? We're going to steal the car from your next door neighbor, right? Don't worry, he's rich. Like they never, they don't frame it that way. So they just ask them, do you want free stuff? Oh yeah, of course we want free stuff. Oh, Bernie Sanders. Well, look at that. 70% of the people say that they want free stuff. So don't believe that narrative. All right, North Korea has tested a new missile. Those days are back. Remember under Trump, Kim Jong-un, everybody said Kim Jong-un, he's irrational, he's crazy, he's a lunatic, you know, you can't, you can't he's unstable. And then Trump turned him into being stable, right? The answer is he was always stable. He just sensed Obama's weakness, and then suddenly Trump was in charge. Remember Trump called him little rocket man, 
and everybody was outraged. Oh, what's Trump doing? He's going to trigger uh, Kim Jong-un to nuclear war, etc. Well, Trump actually had – I know, look, I know at the end of the day they didn't make a deal, but Trump kept North Korea. Their entire nuclear program was suspended as far as anybody could tell. Trump kept North Korea in check and, of course, now – Biden is in charge, or should I say nobody is in charge, and uh, the North Korea, Kim Jong-un, they can sense weakness, little rocket man, so they test-fired a newly developed anti-aircraft missile on Thursday. That's according to state-run um, North Korean news. Now, KCNA, now, now again, do we believe the state-controlled media? Look, we take them at face value, as I always say. They were not claiming this stuff for the most part, when Trump was was in office, and now they are again. So that's very frightening that North Korea, just like Iran, are renewing their nuclear ambitions. We will keep an eye on that. All right, new details in the John Milley scandal, but that's going to have to wait until next time because we are out of time. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.